Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sift Spoil for Extraction. Uh, not sure how long it will take, but there were a few things in this movie that we... Uh, that we wanted to talk about that would be considered spoilers. And since we both enjoyed it, we figured other people might enjoy it too and kind of hear a little more in-depth stuff about it. Um, so if you continue past this point, please know that we will be spoiling the movie. Uh, so that means two things. Number one, um, you won't be able to see it fresh when you watch the film. Uh, and number two, it might be a little bit confusing because we're going to assume you have seen it. So we may be jumping around and talking about things uh, in a haphazard way. So, on to it. Any hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, or post-credit sequences uh, are now fair game. Uh, where do you want to start, Jonathan? I don't think there was any of the things you just listed. <laughs> uh, resurrections, end credit scenes. Um, uh? I'm actually, I was uh, curious when you brought this up in the main episode that you wanted to talk spoilers because I feel like I said everything I needed to. So let's start with where you want to go and well, then we can kind of jump from there. Maybe, maybe this is this is good then because I think the deaths and resurrections part is uh, especially interesting. Okay, deaths. I forgot about that. That's important. There are a lot of deaths in this movie. There are, <laughs> and and I assumed Chris Hemsworth was one of them. Um, but the last shot of this movie is ambiguous, is it not? All right, all right, all right, fine. You got me. That is, is it? Uh, that is worth discussing. Um, I was literally at a point where the movie was over, and I had kind of looked away, and my wife was like, oh, did, is he back? Is he alive? I'm like, huh? I'm like, you missed it. We rewound it, and I'm like, oh, shoot. There appears to be a Hemsworthian figure in out-of-focus, uh, you know, background at the very last shot of the film when our um, Bangladeshian protagonist Obvi comes up out of a swimming pool and he sees what looks like um, you know our, protagon- our Hemsworth's character Tyler Rake standing there and I-, I don't know did he survive is he alive at the end of the movie is he a ghost or is it just someone that looks like him <laughs> I don't know I really don't know and it was the kind of movie that had not set up any sort of fantastical twist. Right. So I was I was not ready for it, and I literally missed it. It was that quick. Yeah, I, I think it was um, one of my sons after that said uh, this did this movie didn't earn the right to inception me. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it felt a bit out of place. Like it's not the movie that I would expect to see a twist ending on. Yeah, it's if like you can even call it that. Well, it's a, it's it's not even a twist ending. Is it's it's an ambiguous ending, right? It's like uh, maybe yeah. he's alive, and it's like, well, I I don't know. Um, I, I I'm not sure. I for me, I think it allows them just the 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 thread of sequel. If this goes really 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 well, then they can say. You know, there was a clue in the first one that he was alive. So it doesn't feel like if they make a second one with Tyler Rake that they have to, that they're jumping through hoops to, you know, make it appear like, you know, oh, he didn't die. Um, Extraction two, the redemption. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe it's ghost extraction. I don't know. Ghost extraction. (laughs) Uh, I, I have contended ever since the release of Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze 
that there needs to be more movies that take place in the ghost world. And I feel like a movie called Extraction, colon, ghost, would be awesome. It was Chris Hemsworth <laughs> in the ghost world saving other ghosts from, I don't know, eternal damnation. You can come up with the rest. It is a great pitch. Your thank you. Thank you, Hollywood. You're welcome. It's my least favorite thing about the Mission Impossible franchise. There are no ghosts in Ghost Protocol. I mean, it's right there Zero. in the title. Zero. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be awesome if, if we kind of mixed, like, the waiting room scene from Beetlejuice with, like, the rule set from Ghost and Chris Hemsworth is an action star in the afterlife, and he has to do like I guess they kind of did that with R.I.P.D. I was going to say that didn't go that so wasn't well. That wasn't very. That didn't go so well. <laughs> but I think there's potential there, and I would be back for Extraction too. Whether or not he's alive, I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess my question, since it's an ambiguous ending, uh, is: Do you think he survived or not? Uh, he looked pretty dead to me. He he looked kind of donezo. He was bleeding. He fell into a river. I, I don't think so. He, I think, I think the kid's projecting what he wants to see. That's how I'm going to choose to interpret it. Now, yeah. if if they make a sequel and you know they make it canon that he did survive, we can deal with it then. But I'm going to choose to interpret it as you know this kid was the one uh, adult in his life that actually cared about you know him as a yeah. human and not just baggage. You know, correct. Um, so. That's that's how I'm going to interpret it, because uh, yeah, he got a bullet right through the jugular. That does that's that's a tough one to to come back from. It, it was uh, yeah, he did, and uh, several bullets elsewhere in his torso before that. Like, yeah, he he was already uh, doing the uh, Tom Hanks like dizzy walk at the end of uh, Saving Private Ryan, where he just has like no energy left, but he's still popping rounds into the barrel of the tank. Uh, Hemsworth looked like he was gone. Before he got shot in the side of the neck. Uh, so, I, yeah. And then he fell off a bridge, which also is not not like unsurvivable, but the way he landed didn't look great. He, he, was, he, was, kind of, he was kind of done at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and I don't... I, don't yeah, dis- I, I, I will say, because we can kind of discuss it more openly, I am not a fan of movies that use the flash forward cold open. It seems like such a lazy screenwriting gimmick. 100% agree. We don't have a good opening scene, so let's just show you three minutes from the climax, and you'll figure out how that's relevant in 90 minutes. 100% it's like, agree. And it's, it's just so lazy. It seems like a decision that was only made in editing, certainly not in the original screenwriting phase where you actually said, this is how the movie's going to open. And I'm not intrigued by it. It's not like, ooh, I wonder how we're going to get back to that bridge. It's just... Yeah, it just seems so lazy, and a lot of movies do it, and every time I kind of groan and roll my eyes at it. Especially, like, when it's done in this case, where it literally is showing you, uh, you know, the beginning of the final scene. Anymore, sometimes movies will do it where they show, you know, something, and then they're back there within 20, 30 minutes. You know, like, they'll they'll kind of, you know... Or, Or sometimes they'll show you a different perspective, or they show how we led up to this moment. But this was just Hemsworth on a bridge bleeding... And how we got there is he went to the bridge after getting shot. And what, not a lot of backstory. There wasn't like anything we had to unravel. It wasn't. It wasn't intriguing enough to open a movie on. And it, and that's the that's the if you're gonna do it, it better be meaningful, right? It better have mm-hmm. some intrigue to it because otherwise you're just unnecessarily stealing tension from your movie. Because if I know we're going back somewhere, then I've already been there. I'm ahead of the movie now. So it's like, you know, I know he doesn't die in this car crash or, you know, doesn't, you know, break a leg or whatever the case. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's an unnecessary stealing of tension uh, that can be from those scenes. 
No, I agree. And there's a scene where David Harbour mentions the whole city's locked down except the bridges, or including the bridges, and we'll have to cross at least two to leave. And I'm immediately thinking, oh, okay, well, we know where the movie's going to end on a bridge because we saw it already. Right. Right. And, and, that, and that kind of, it, it's, it's not a movie I particularly care to be like, uh, uh, go through completely blind. Like, I don't care if I know the ending ahead of time. This is not a, a twisty movie. It's a right. straight actioner through and through. So it didn't bother me, but at the same time, it's sort of like, oh, okay. All right, fine. It's it's disappointing, I think, is probably a good word to describe it. I agree. Um, the uh, the other thing I want to talk about from the end was the the jumping off the bridge. Uh, the movie actually does attempt some symbolism and some interesting, um, you know, things with jumping into water, um, sitting at the bottom of water, uh, you know, kind of the rejuvenation of, uh, you know, what water means to him. And so it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting that the movie is at least playing on the playground of higher concept, you know, uh, even. I, if- I, I did get that and I recognized what they were doing. And I think the best way to describe my reaction was I didn't really care. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> like, it's, it's not it's, well it's, earned. It's, it, yeah. The movie isn't the type of genre that needs that sort of philosophical, like undercurrent to help the through line of the movie, like it's an action movie with explosions and, and gunfights. I don't need to know about this man's like spiritual process before he goes into a fight. Like it, it that I mentioned earlier, like it, the plot was kind of threadbare, at least for me. And the stuff they used to contextualize it, Chris's backstory with his son and uh, like the reasons in his motivation and his connection with water, like that gave him depth, but it wasn't depth that I really cared about. Literal depth. Um, (laughs) the, uh, what I would say is in this case, uh, I, I actually kind of agree with you that it doesn't completely work and it doesn't feel completely earned. But when I watch something this, I'm like, I'm more on the lines of good for you movie, you know, yeah, good for taking the swing, you know, I don't think, I don't think it bothered me and I don't think it was necessarily out of place. I was just not as in, uh, when I was watching some of those scenes. I was like, "All right, let's get back to the car chase." <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the other big uh, spoiler moment is the turn of uh, the friend character, David Harbor. Yeah, the David Harbor character, which you alluded to in uh, the show proper, and I think is extremely well done. And I, I, was I really, that that was the scene I really liked because when I thought it was going to start to be a team up, like, all right, great, Harbor's on board, he's going to join the back half of the movie, and they're going to get through a thing together. Harbor will probably die along the way, but he'll be like an earned sacrifice. And instead, within like five minutes, he's like, eh, "What if we turn the kid in? He's worth ten million, and um, I don't think you're going to be able to accomplish it anyway." So just give up now and we'll get money. I I think there are two things working for that scene. One is David Harbour's performance, which is really, really good. And the second is, I think it's really well written. Um, I the, the transition he takes is so real and so authentic to how somebody uh, would actually approach that. You know, he goes from being friend to kind of... Uh, you know, trying to incept him a little bit and kind of throw an idea out. And then, and then, you know, we start to understand, oh, he's already made this decision. And what I love about that scene is I think we're realizing that the same time Chris Hemsworth's character is. And I, I like that feeling of being together with our protagonist in this like realization that his friend has already kind of made up his mind and already done something. And uh, I just, yeah, I thought he's, it was really he's, well he's already been betrayed and he's realizing it as we are in real time. Yeah. I will, I will say, obviously see this movie for the action, especially the one shot. Um, but the, of all the talking scenes, of all the dialogue and plot building, 
that was by far the, the, the standout moment was Harbor's little monologue where he's like, what if we, um, what if we didn't, what if we turned him in? And then he tries to slowly convince him. And again, it's sort of that inception concept where he's already made up his mind. He needs to get Chris on board because if he doesn't, he's going to have to portray him physically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we know how that turned out. It, it was a great fight too. I love that fight between the two of them. I thought that was really well done. Although all the action fighting in this is, is really well. Uh, produced it had it had a it had a punch to it it didn't feel uh fake for lack of a better word it felt i obviously they're they're stunts they're coordinated but a lot of the action here felt like people were really getting hit upside the head with coffee mugs and rakes and two by fours and whatever else implements of destruction uh it, it felt like the brutalness of this movie definitely you you could feel it yeah yeah um, I, I think the, uh, the rake moment that you're talking about, uh, is one of oh, those, great. it's one of those moments where as a viewer, you're just like, are you going to show me or are you not going to show me? I kind of don't want you to show me, but also you seem like the movie kind of movie that's going to show me. Okay, good. You my didn't show me. My wife closed her eyes and she annu- <laughs> my wife not only closed her eyes, she announced I'm closing my eyes. And I was like, I just leaned forward like, okay, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. And uh, they don't quite show it. No, they don't. It's very, they heavily imply it. <laughs> My wife There's... left uh, when it looked like the kid was going to cut his own fingers off. Uh, my wife oh, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to be good with this. <laughs> she, she went yeah. upstairs. Yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely the kind of movie, you're right, where you're not sure. Are they going to, sh- is this going to be like a final destination where they just go and they show it? Um, and I'm into that. I guess I'm into like the gore porn category of films if it's done well. Um Especially in context, if it's not just gratuitous, if it's part of the scene, uh, I think that can be an enjoyable way to like ratchet up a movie. But generally, implication is better than just showing it outright. And thanks to some really good Foley work, you can envision it pretty well. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> like you, you hear it and it's like, oh my gosh, I, I heard a crunch. <laughs> the movie has some interesting boldness with uh, ch- uh, children violence in this oh, as well, yeah. which is usually completely off limits. And, you know, there's a child thrown to his death in this. Uh, there, that, that, kind, that scene more, there's, there's two sequences I think that we should discuss. One is a sequence where Chris basically just runs uh, uh, rampant over a bunch of uh, like school kids in an alleyway mm-hmm. that basically try to jump him. And he takes them out one at a time in almost hilarious fashion. He's slapping them a, upside the head. That scene for me, I really enjoyed. I thought it was I kind of funny. It was obvious he was deliberately trying not to kill them, but just kind of like get down, stay down, leave me alone. And I think that sort of recognition of I'm not, I'm not shooting to kill – I'm punching to hurt was was important. But there was a scene later, yeah, where like a gang member or whatever th- literally throws a child off a building. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this, yeah. you don't see that in movies that often. Like, that was, was kind of ballsy. Yeah. And I think that, I think the movie does it intentionally to let us know that, you know, they're willing to go there because if not, then we lose a little bit of the tension of our primary target, who is a child. Um, and we also lose a little bit of tension of any of the other fight scenes with the, the children. And we also have to have the, uh, the final, you know, person taking him down was pretty much a child. Uh, so I think all of that works together in, in one way or another. Yeah, it's, it's definitely important in, in raising the stakes and setting the consequences of this universe. The bad guy is a child killer. 
okay, this is serious. Yeah. And, and, we and, get- to, and, to, and to my point earlier where I was saying, like, this is a serious and somber movie. There are no jokes. There is, there is no, like, comic relief in this film. Uh, children are being thrown off rooftops <laughs> and being punched in the head with, with garden instruments. Like, this is a, not a fun movie, but if you like action, I think it delivers. And we get the setup of, in the very first uh, scene, uh, of the child uh, was the only one left, and he just kind of right. shoes him out the door. After I think the child the child pulled the trigger, right? Didn't we hear it click? Yeah, no, he did. He okay. didn't. He had to. He, he clicked repeatedly. He was repeatedly trying to yeah. ratchet in the bullet or unpop the safety, whatever it was. Uh, and and Hemsworth just kind of straddles up to him, looks like cold stare, and just just like get out of here, kid. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So the movie's definitely doing that stuff intentionally. Uh, to draw those lines, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that uh, those are the kind of the main things that, that uh, you know, spoiler wise, uh, we couldn't fully discuss during the the show proper. But I don't know. The more I think about this movie, um, I really like those action scenes. You had, you had mentioned not you know rushing back to it. I think I may watch it again just for that oneer and some of the other action scenes. Just I, to I kinda... will probably I will probably watch the the one take again. Um, 12, 12 minutes, like that is unheard of in like a drama, let alone an action movie. Yeah, that was it made it made John Wick and Children of Men and even Old Boy, uh, like it made them look like kids' films. Like it really upped the ante in, in a very sizable way. And it's and it's weird that this is a Netflix film that I have maybe a bit of a prejudice that I assume that if, because it's direct to streaming, it's not going to wow me. In a, in a production or a technical sense, but this one kind of did. You know, I was thinking about that last night, uh, the ramifications, another one of the ramifications of the uh, self-isolation era that we're going through is that we are forced to view movies that are released to digital as actual movies. You know what I mean? Like it, it kind of forced- yeah, and there And there is, whether it's earned or not, and I feel like certainly recently it's been sort of dumbed down a bit. But there is a stigma that direct to video and or streaming are, are of a lesser quality than a theatrical release. And for a long time, that stigma was, was earned. It was true. A movie that skipped theaters did so because it didn't have the financing or funding or it didn't have the quality to earn that placement. Right. Um, but lately we found there are plenty of movies that go straight to Netflix that are better than movies that go to theaters, especially movies that come out this time of year, like January, February, March. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, Extraction was the kind of movie like this could have been released in theaters. This is certainly better than the last few like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, like uh, The Last Stand, or I'm trying to think of any of the movies he's done lately. They're well, it's, all... it's better than even the last Rambo movie. You know what I mean? Like, it... yeah, exactly. That's a good example. Exactly. Like a like a big budget Rambo movie that you couldn't imagine going straight to Netflix, and yet why is Extraction not in that same category? Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Pleasure. 